3: Listening to the
4: Vox Media Podcast Network.
3: Well, hello there, everybody. It is Friday, July first, twenty twenty two, and live from las vegas nevada it is a heck of a morning on the mma fighting twitter spaces shortly thereafter the show will be in its entirety on the mma fighting podcasting network i am mike Keck hope everyone's having a fantastic week we are on the eve of ufc 276 the capper of international fight week and international fight week has returned with a bang because ufc x is kicking off today 9 to 5 local time, it's going down. Tomorrow, 9 to 5 local time, same thing. And it'll lead you right in to a very stacked, very intriguing UFC 276 fight card headlines by Israel Adesanya defending his middleweight title against Jared Cannonier. We got the trilogy fight for the featherweight title between Alexander Volkanovsky and the former champion Max Holloway. The Sean Strickland-Alex Pejeta fight has been the fight that has grown the most in terms of intrigue and interest. There's no doubt about that. Sean Strickland put on an absolute show in his first ever UFC press conference. Love the man or hate him. A guy evokes emotion and he did a hell of a job that back and forth with Israel Adesanya was something else. And Sean Strickland, for better or for worse, is emerging as a guy that people react to one way or the other and he was definitely the talk of the town after that press conference so a lot going on here we'll do this show i don't know for how long probably for like 45 minutes i don't want to take any shine away from my best friend a.k. lee who is here as well because jose is on the other side of the city he will be at morning weigh-ins you can watch the best weigh-in show on planet earth on the MA fighting YouTube channel AK Lee hosting as always doing a fantastic job but this is a free for all Friday this is your show let's go let's take calls four corner sports lead us off my man how are you hello sir
5: hey so i just wanted to get your your uh, your thoughts on like your first time being in Vegas being for uh, international fight week um also i w- i have a question so um Al Fieda versus Sean Strickland, that fight just boosted up in, in popularity right now. That's the fight that a lot of us are talking about. Um, I wanted to know if, you know, who, I have, I have a feeling that Adesanya's going to win against, uh, Candoneer. It might not be easy, but I have a feeling he's going to win. But like, who should Adesanya want? And who also, um, would like sell mo- more, people pay-per-views, uh, Adesanya versus Fieda or Adesanya versus Strickland as like pay-per-view lines. Um, I think Strickland stole the show when it came to the the, the press conference. And, um, yeah, um, have a heck of a morning. And uh, talk to
3: you guys soon. Yeah. I'm muted. Sorry. Uh, appreciate the question, by the way. I'll edit that in post. Yeah, Vegas has been – Vegas and I've never been here before never covered a fight week here before pretty just got here Tuesday just kind of relaxed on Tuesday hung out with some people Jose James Lynch who I haven't seen in a long time uh Wednesday we had the media day everything that happened there and then I sort of walked the strip with Jose showed me around a little bit uh then we went to Fremont Street which was just a whole other world in itself but And then last night was just was just crazy with with the press conference. And then we had the Hall of Fame red carpet. And then we were doing some work like inside the arena. So we watched DC's speech. We watched Habib's speech inside the arena and uh, did some interviews as well in between those two things. But Vegas is fun. I can see why people like it. The food's pretty cool. And uh, I get to spend an entire extra day here because my flight out of here on Sunday is not till like. It's a red eye. It's like the last flight that leaves Vegas. It's like 1130 p.m. local time. So 230 a.m. Eastern. And then I'll get home Monday afternoon. So, yeah, it's been fun. And as far as where Adesanya is right now, he's in a really good spot if he wins this fight. Because either way, you have the built-in storyline with Alex Pajeda. That will be an intriguing matchup. I think that'll sell great on pay-per-view. But Sean Strickland, if he beats Alex Bejeta, he's gonna be sing- he's going to be saying a lot of things. And that'll be huge. This fight just got exponentially bigger for both guys. It's not, just about, it's not just about headlining a card and fighting for a title. This is a chance to build a big fight. Sean Strickland, no matter if you like what he said or not, the guy built himself a fight. He planted some big seeds. Adesanya responded in kind. And either way, if Adesanya beats Cannoneer, it's a big one. It's a big one. Now, if I'm going to have to guess which one sells more on pay-per-view... I would say they're pretty close, but I will lean towards Sean Strickland. Just considering what has come out of that, the build, what could happen with those two guys, it'll be pretty explosive. Let's get Token here. Token, my man, how are you? What's up, buddy?
6: Sean's ignoring me, it's okay.
7: It's a two-step. And my first question is actually about uh, Dave Matthews' band, so... Uh, I'm going to ask you, (laughs) it's free for all Friday, man. Um, So my my first question is about uh, how do you listen to, like you go to a lot of concerts, but when you listen to Dave Dave Matthews band at home, do you listen to studio albums or do you listen to live recordings? Because I'm a very big live recordings guy myself. Uh, I've been to some concerts, but I also have uh, live DVDs with uh, Dave Matthews actually. And the other question uh, was... Let's talk about the role of a manager. Because uh, in my eyes, a manager is one that works behind the scenes to get people, uh, to get his clients what they want. So seeing Ali Abdelaziz on stage, taking all the shine off of it, like just basking in the glory and in the the light at the Hall of Fame uh, ceremony, that really rubbed me the wrong way. And I would like uh, to hear your opinion on that as well.
3: Thank you, Yeah, That was a, uh, that was a talking point. That was definitely a talking point last night amongst fans, different people that I spoke with throughout the night. And yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people reacted the same way that you did and you can kind of see that on the red carpet as well. A lot of people reacted to it in that sense, but it is what it is. It's Habib's choice. That's who he chose. And Habib time came time. through. I, I We're, we're kind of joking that Ali's speech was going to be longer than Habib's. But Habib went out there, just went off the cuff and knocked it out of the park. It was a tremendous speech. It was awesome. He did a fantastic job. But I get where you're coming from and you're not alone in, in feeling that way, I can assure you. As far as like what I listened to album-wise, especially when I was in high school, like late teens early 20s and i was going to see dave it was, it was like a mix of both it depends it was the day when you could burn cds you could put whatever you want on there so it'd, it'd be like a mixed bag of studio recordings live shows i know oar uh is a band i've seen a million times in concert and their live shows are better than the studio recordings in my opinion so not all bands, not all musicians can say that, but I think OAR, their live albums are better than studio albums. Let's go to Zeke. Zeke, how are you? You're muted, my man. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Go, go. There we go. I got you. I got
8: you. I'm not going to lie, Mike. You put on a serious performance yesterday at that press conference, and that was an absolute scene. <laughs> So, definitely need to give you some kudos there. Secondly, uh, I got a question, and then I got just a comment on the press conference. John Strickland, yes, okay? The guy is, I don't know, he's got, like, the IQ of, like, a 20-year-old, like, a 21-year-old, but he's kind of hilarious. Like, I guess that's coming from the younger community. I can kind of tell, like, the older and, like, I guess the more mature MMA fans, yesterday were getting a little frustrated, but every time he opened his mouth, I thought it was absolutely hilarious whether he was gunning Izzy, whether he was staring uh, Alex Pereira in the face, trying to get as tall as him. I think he's kind of trying to soak it up as much as he can because I think he knows the inevitable is kind of coming. If he doesn't wrestle, I just I think Pereira is going to absolutely send him to the shadow realm. Maybe I'm just a, a bot for that. But Alex Pereira looks like a non-hired cartel member who is just ready to, you know, put serious pain in uh, Sean Strickland's life. And uh, secondly, what are your thought processes? I'm sorry, your thought process on Israel after this? Is it immediately going to be Alex? Are we doing this right away like this? Is it going to be, you know, take a little bit more time off? Like is he after he signed that? Obviously he did sign that big contract and took some serious time off in between. Was it Whittaker and – I'm sorry, I'm botting right now. I forgot who he fought right after that. Uh, But, yeah, what do you think next for Izzy after this fight? Is it definitely Alex? Thank you very much, Mike, and enjoy yourself this weekend, man. Again, you're absolutely killing it out there. MMA Fighting, the best fighting website in the world, is represented really well right now. And uh, I guess I got to do this to AK because I did fall for it once, and then I realized. How hilarious it is! Happy birthday, AK! All right, let's have a uh, let's have a nice, nice, nice free for all Friday. A heck of a morning, and let's uh let's sleep well tonight. Nothing you know, nothing Zeke wouldn't do out there in Vegas because we got a big, big, big Saturday.
3: Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Zeke. Yeah, I mean, for it's it's. Sean was. When he wasn't jumping over the line, he was, he was hilarious. He was quick-witted. He, had Izzy, he got Izzy a little bit rattled, which you don't see all that often. You could tell that he was getting to Adesanya. There's no doubt about it. And as far as where Izzy goes if, with the win, by the way, let me just say this again. Jared Cantoneer is being extremely overlooked in this fight. I think stylistically, he's got a real good chance here. I don't think he wins, but he's going to make this a competitive fight. If he starts getting off with those leg kicks and starts scoring, boy, oh, boy, this could be a real interesting fight. I do favor Adesani to get it done. And like I said earlier, his next fight will be the winner of Pahena and Strickland. No matter what happens, it's going to be a big deal. There's a story there. If it's the Pahena thing, you could tell that story for months. If it's the Strickland thing, all you have to do is just show clips of the press conference and you have sold yourself this fight. So... He's in a, like I said, Adesanya is in a great spot. As far as tonight goes, I'm here at the expo till right now. This is going on 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. local time. I will say this. I'm not going to give too much information, but there's a chance that I will have to leave here early. And if that is the case, my friends, I think you'll be very excited as to the reason why. I will just leave you with that, let you ponder, and we'll continue on.
4: but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, At atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N dot com. Atlassian. Let's get Ral on. Ral, how are you, sir?
5: Heck of a morning. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great, my man. Uh, so I seen I seen your interview with annick and I wanted to ask, did you? Did you play a little bit of linebacker at something, like, when you've gone up? Because you're pretty big. Like, I don't know if Annick is short, but you seem, like, pretty stocky over Annie. Was there some linebacker in your days? And then from the press conference, it seemed like everybody brought energy with them to the press conference. What you, what you think that was about? Like, is it just getting closer to the fight? Could it be, like, you know, weight cutting mixed with being under the lights? Is it just for the camera? Like, what do you think all that was about? Heck of a morning. Thank you, Rel. Uh, so I'll start
3: with the last thing. I think just, there's just a, there's just a feeling like a lot of times when Jose comes on the preview shows that I try to get sort of a gauge of what the area is like. If there's a buzz in the air, sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not it depends on where you're at. Like when I was in Jacksonville, there was some buzz, but not a ton. Like, people weren't just asking me left and right about fights and fighters and the card in Jacksonville. They are here. It's nonstop here. There is certainly a buzz in the air. Now you attach the international fight week and all the people have come into town. There are a lot of people at the press conference. And not only that, there was a lot of energy. There was a ruckus in that crowd, so to speak. So yeah, it was a good time. I don't know how you could not get all that excited being in front of that crowd and doing all that stuff. And yeah, as far as the other thing, I, I mean, people co- were commenting on that. Uh, I am I am into weightlifting. I will lift weights five times a week. Uh, I like to lift heavy. Am I a guy that's going to have a six-pack? Am I going to be looking like Yoel Romero up in here? Absolutely not. Uh, but I, do I like to get after it? Do I like to clang and bang with the weights? I enjoy it very much. I do it almost every single day. And uh Yeah, I go as heavy as I can by myself because I don't have like workout partners sometimes last for spots. But yeah, I I, I like to exercise. I'll put it out there. It's all natural, folks. It's all natural. I take pre-workout and I take like a half a scoop of creatine three times a week. That's it. That's all I take. There's no needles. There ain't nothing illegal about what I'm doing. I just wake up and go. And that's it. Uh, Don, you're up. What's up, my man? Mike, how you doing, buddy? Good. Um, First of all, I
8: just wanted to say, uh, Sean Strickland, man, cut a vicious promo yesterday. I love it. For all my wrestling marks out there, you got to love it. Um, For two, uh, I wanted to know, because I've been seeing a lot of the DC and Khabib, you know, those guys need a sitcom for real, for real. I will watch that. I wanted to know for you, who has the best bromance in MMA right now? Because, like, we got the Hamzats. We got the Hamzats and Darren Till. You know, we got a lot of bromances in MMA. Who has the, the best bromance? And also, what's been the best thing about you uh, being there for International Fight Week? What's been, like, maybe the best interview or something like that? Um, enjoy your time out there, man. Two sweet day as always. Heck of a morning. All that jazz.
3: Thank you, Don. I appreciate that. Best thing about, I mean, just the best thing about going to a fight week is just seeing people you haven't seen in a while. Like, I work with Jose daily. I do shows with him weekly, but I only see him maybe two or three times a year. So it's always good to catch up with him and, and some of the other, like, sitting next to me right now, Simon Head's here, John Morgan's here, Oscar Willis is here, uh, Cody Merrow, who you may, you may have heard his name on, the Anakin Florian podcast, he's been here, and just meeting a bunch of the media members that I've never met in person. I think that's that's been really cool. Obviously, getting to chop it up with John Annick is, is always a great time. We always will preview these cards, but it's even cooler when you get to do it in person. So, uh, love that stuff. Best bromance in MMA? I mean, there's there's a few. I mean, for a while it was Mazadal and Covington, was it not? Those two guys are inseparable. I'd say Wideman and Wonderboy is a good combo. Uh, obviously, Till and Shemaya, but who knows? I'm going like, to throw one out there, and this is going to sound weird, and you're going to be like, oh, you're such a Boston dude. But I will say this. I'm going to go with longevity, and I'm going to go with one that – I'm going to go with – if we're looking at it like like a couple standpoints, and, and I mean this in not the way you think. You want to bet on like which ones – which team is going to let's, – let's say we'll, – we'll, I'll change pace. Let's say it's like an 80s pro wrestling tag team. You look at all these tag teams, you're like, which one's going to stay together the longest? It's Calvin Cater and Rob Font. Those two guys are going to be together forever. They're going to be like Mickey Ward and, and his brother Dickie. Like those two guys are going to be attached forever. And they're very serious on fight weeks, but when you see those two guys together and the cameras aren't on, they are loose as a goose. They're super fun. And all, they may not be the most like headline-worthy tandem. They're not ones that are going to go out there and do anything silly and dumb. They're going to just take care of business those two guys are going to be attached to the hip forever so they're best They're best buds and they will remain that way so i'll go with those two guys just because longevity no chance of a of a breakup or any sort of weird thing like that i say that in such a weird way but a friendship breakup a friendship breakup
6: let's go with julio hey mike how are you doing
3: good good,
6: good. so i'm assuming there's going to be a live post fight show right I, I always look forward to those
3: Yes, there will be a live post on that
6: show, my man. And so, okay, my question is, um, in other combat sports, we see, like in boxing and Muay Thai, karate, whatever it is, we always see uh, kids being brought up at a young age. Do you ever see, or if it's already happening, where MMA is brought as a whole from the beginning at a very young age, do you see that being acceptable to the point where you know, it elevates the, <clears throat> the sport of MMA and, and you know, even maybe opening up the possibility of, of an Olympic you know, um, introduction in MMA. Do you see that happening where families or camps or gyms are, are, are accepting of MMA as a whole? at a young age, or do you think it always has to be step-by-step step of, you know, I started in wrestling, and then I went into a kickboxing class? You understand what I'm saying?
3: I do. It's a great question, and it's one of the things that fascinates me about the sport right now because, for instance, you could have, like, you could have a 7- or 8-year-old, and parents are like, you should do a sport or an activity, and normally it's, you'd, have, you'd play baseball or soccer or basketball or hockey or wherever. And now a lot of kids are into martial arts. They're into MMA. and sorry. Uh, when I moved to South Carolina, my son, he wanted to try like a, a karate class or something like that. So I actually found an MMA gym. It's a Carlos Machado affiliates in South Carolina. and he tried it out, did MMA for a while. He liked it. And then he went and sparred one day, and some kid who was, like, three years older than him, just he just lit him up. Like, he was way too aggressive. My kid had just been in there for, like, a month. This kid had probably been in there for, like, three or four years. Coaches were trying to, like, calm him down, trying to get him to slow down a little bit, and he wouldn't do it. Uh, and they just kind of fell out of love with it, which is fine. Uh, but those classes he was in, there were so many kids in there. It was crazy. I was like, holy smokes. And... A lot of people like it. Some people, it's just not for them. Maybe my kid will do it again. Who knows? And if he wants to, great. If he doesn't, fine. But, yeah, the sport has grown exponentially. And seeing kids go in there at five, six, seven, eight years old, it at least teaches them discipline, teaches them to be better themselves, not to use it on the streets, only in self-defense. So there's good value there for sure. But some kids just are they're cut from the cloth. They're cut from the fighter cloth. And if that's what they want to do, and they're starting out five, six, seven years old, you're going to get some high-level athletes coming out of there who are just way ahead of the game. Look at guys like Mohamed Mohayev. Look at what he's doing right now. Super young guy, had an extensive amateur career, was training for a long time, and he is so far away from getting to his prime, yet he's as good as he is right now. We're going to see a lot of that in the next 10 years. It's going to be very interesting to see what the sport looks like about a decade from now. That's a great question. As far as post-fight show goes, yes, we'll do a post-fight show. I believe Sean Alshadi will host. I will obviously pop in from Vegas after the card. We'll do the press conference live stream like we do before where it's like myself and Casey chit-chatting as we await the fighters to come up to the dais to answer the questions. But all the stuff we normally do... We're going to continue to do. There will be a preview show a little bit earlier than usual today. It'll be right after the morning weigh-ins, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Jose will jump on for that since I'll be here uh, at the UFCX. Let's get Kirkland. Kirkland, how are you? Uh, oh,
9: muted and un- unmuted myself. <laughs> yeah, No, I'm doing you. well, man. How, how are you? you doing? Good. Great. Well, I hope you're having a good time in Vegas and all that jazz. Um, I have a question that's sort of in my line of topics. Uh, so I know Mr. Strickland stole the show yesterday at the the pre, pre-game uh, prep ra- pep rally that they had. Um, <laughs> here's But uh, I, this past month, we've been seeing on all kinds of fighter shorts the rainbow colors to signify... Uh, celebrating Pride Month, yet um, yesterday he commented, one of the comments he made about Izzy was about his, quote, gay little watch. Um, Something I just can't, well, and he also got asked yesterday, Strickland got asked about, has anybody come to tell you to tone it down? Um, I'm just curious, how can the UFC promote a fighter that's going to go out and make off-the-cuff comments like that? As a company clearly making effort to celebrate the very thing, marriage. Um, I know I asked last time about free speech, and you know how Dana White has challenged free speech within the UFC. Like, when is there ever going to be a day when fighters actually get reprimanded for using language like that? That's not going to expand the bounds of who feels welcome watching uh, the UFC. So, anyways, peace and love. Heck of a morning. Have a great time in Vegas, man.
3: Thank you, buddy. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it, it's just it's just the way Dana feels. We have seven hundred maniacs. We can't control all of them. We don't want to hold them back. We don't want to censor them. Yada yada yada. There are, now, eventually, there's there's gonna be a line that can be crossed. What that line is, I have no idea. At this point, we saw fighters throw dollies through a bus window. With fighters on there who are competing on a big pay-per-view in a big market, and there's very little reprimand there. So, will there be a line? Sure. Will there maybe a conversation? Hat like if Strickland beats Pejda, and they're trying to set up a fight between him and Adesanya, are they going to try to tone him down a little bit? They might try, but Sean is who he is, and he he admitted he was very nervous about being at that press conference cuz he didn't want to say anything that would get him in trouble but i don't know i would say i would say don't hold your breath which is kind of unfortunate but at the same time i think there is always a line that can be crossed just what that line is i don't know i don't know what it is for the ufc let's get viking mma in here there is a lot of a lot of UA- a lot of you people checking in here. This is, this is crazy. Hi, Viking. Hello. Hello, Mike.
5: Hello. How are you?
8: I'm good. How are you? It's good to see you at the press conference.
3: Thank you. Thank you. What, what do you want to talk about, my man?
8: I just want to ask about Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira scenario. I mean... How good Alex Pereira, I mean, how good is his speed and all the stuff that he could beat Adesanya? That's my question.
3: Thanks, buddy. Listen, there's, it's a compelling idea, right? Because, of course, kickboxing is not the same as as MMA and vice versa. The rules are different. Pejet has the two wins over Adesanya. The fights are a little bit closer than people gave it credit for. But a lot of people just go back and they think, because it's also a narrative brought on by the promotion. This is the guy who knocked out Israel Adesanya. And that's all you hear. It doesn't make you want to go back and watch a fight. It's not that the UFC doesn't say, here's the guy that knocked out Israel Adesanya. But before that, the fight was competitive. Where's the story there? That's how the UFC views it. Back in 2015, Alex Pahena knocked out the champion viciously. But before that, it was a competitive fight. And it was an even battle. They're not going to do that. So when you hear that and the promotion's promoting that narrative, then that's what everybody's got to think. That this dude just starched Israel and <laughs> Asanya in two kickboxing fights. But they were competitive fights. Pahena did knock about in the second one. But the first fight was real close. And the second fight before the knockout was very competitive. So... There's a story there. I think everyone will try to tell in their own way. And it's strike where the iron's hot. You got to do it now. You got to do it now. Paheta beats Sean Strickland tomorrow. You got to pull the trigger on that fight. You got to do it super quickly. End of the year. Adesanya wants to stay active. I would expect to see that fight if it happens. They're going to MSG in November. That would be a, that'd be an interesting one to put there. December, back in Vegas, more than likely. That's an interesting spot to put it, but Adesanya will fight one of those two guys probably by the end of the year. The only way that doesn't happen is if, obviously, Jerry Cannonier wins. If Jerry Cannonier wins, and I think no matter how he wins, we're going to see Adesanya Cannoneer part two. Let's go to semi-casual MMA. Good morning. Hey, Mike, sort of a random question for you here during International Fight Week, but I just watched the most recent
9: episode of The Ultimate Fighter, and good God, is this season terrible. Uh, What's your (laughs) thoughts on that
3: show? I know AK's a big fan of it, but do you think that the UFC is going to continue to do this down the line, or do you think this is going to be the final nail in the coffin? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they should have stopped the show like seven years ago. So my... My thought process is probably not. And we're gonna to continue to see it. Now, if they do this, if they do this idea with Habib and Tony Ferguson, which I actually I love this idea a lot. You have a rivalry, Habib's not coming back to fight. This is the way to do it. We're not holding anything up. If you bring those two guys into coach, you're not holding anything up. They're not gonna fight at the end of the year. We're not hoping anybody we're, we're not just praying that these two guys stay healthy so they can fight at the end of the show. It's just two stars getting after it who have a competitive rivalry, and they can't answer that rivalry inside the octagon. So how can we do it? We'll do it this way. We'll have them coach up other fighters, and then they can answer those questions inside the octagon. So that would be fun. But just what they normally do in the coaches and all the other stuff, it's just, it's just not interesting. It's just not interesting. There's so much MMA content out there so much as cards every weekend, then you got to, if you're a fan of everything and Bellator and PFL and all that stuff, like, and now you're asking us to watch Ultimate Fighter, it's just too much. You got to do something. You got to do something different. I'm telling you, anything that involves a wheel makes things way more fun. Wheel of opponents. Let's just do that. It's the same show. It's the same show it has been since the very beginning. It's frustrating. It's getting loud in here. Hopefully you can still hear me a little bit. Against the Fence. Hello. Make sure you unmute. Hello.
9: Hello, Against the Fence. Hello, Mike. It's JK from Against the Fence. Uh, we're a UFC fan channel. Um, and uh, where fan opinions matter most. And I just want to ask you, in your opinion, uh, who would you rather Izzy fight next after um, Jerry Cannonier? if he was to get past Jerry Cannonier, of course? Sean Strickland, or Alex Pereira. And uh, how do you see them match up? That's a...
3: Who would I prefer? Hmm, depends on where you look at. Now, I would say, from a fan's perspective, both are interesting in their own ways. I think I'd probably want to see the Bejada fight, because, again, I feel like this is a fight you can't just put in your pocket. I mean, maybe it could for a little a little bit of time, but I feel like you got to do it now. It's never going to get hotter in terms of storyline. So if a hand does win, that's a big deal. It's a storyline, but from a, Hey, we need to garner as much attention about a storyline so that you go to our website and we, and you respond. If we talk about it, it's Sean Strickland all day and it's not even close right now. Sean has sort of stolen the show this week. And again, Love him or hate him, for better or for worse, the guy's the talk of the town right now. So I would say Sean Strickland will draw more casual interest, but I am curious to see what a third fight between Adesanya and Pajada would look like inside an MMA cage and with the rule set and how Adesanya will react to fighting a guy who's got two wins over him. Because Adesanya doesn't do a lot of losing, and he lost to him twice. Whether the fights are close knockout decision doesn't matter you're in there with a guy who beat you twice and has two wins over you what kind of mental power will Peheta have holding those two wins I'd be fascinated by that question I'm going to try to fly through these here T what's up buddy T are you there one second one second we got you. I heard some birds chirping
7: the birds are chirping, but the dogs are running wild. I'm trying to bring the puppy in right now. Oh, okay.
3: Okay. I don't know what's how you bring in
7: every time I have a call or something. It's insane to me. But um, I have one question. You brought up MSG in November. I, they've been talking about John. Is that actually going to
3: happen this time or what's up with that? Thank you. T. I mean, listen, if you're going to – if it was up to me, like if I was the guy booking John Jones's return, it's New York. It's MSG. John has – John's from there. He's got a connection to New York, and I mean, you, that's a massive main event. John Jones versus Stipe, a headlining MSG. That is a gigantic main event. Ginormous. That's a huge fight. Do I? Am I confident that it happens? I mean, it's you can't you can't be confident about anything when it comes to those two guys. John, for much different reasons than Stipe. Steve Age just got you. Got to hit him in the wheelhouse. I think the fight will be fine. Money's got to be good. If he's got to leave his family, it's got to be worth the squeeze. If he's going to leave the firehouse. It's got to be worth the squeeze. John Jones, MSG, money, all that stuff. I think that. I think there's. Just, I mean, he's not going to say no to that. I will give it a. And this is probably being overly positive. Six and a half. Six and a half out of ten. Is my confidence level, which isn't bad when you're considering those two guys. Let's get Derrico. Hello, Derrico. Hey,
7: Mike, just a quick one for you today.
0: Uh, I was wondering if you think that Sean O'Malley is being affected by not being, like, the center of attention. I feel like he's just not getting uh, as much, like, questions or, or much I don't know. Just at the press conference, I feel like he was almost agitated by not getting asked much about his fight or anything like that. Let me know what you think. Thanks. Thanks, Derricko.
3: See, it's here's what's very difficult about fight week, at least in my eyes. Okay, because Wednesday we have a media day and we've already talked to these fighters. We've already asked questions. We've already talked to them. And we're trying to build upon... Like, the only thing you could do is sort of build upon the conversations you had the day before with the same people. Because you can't just keep asking the same questions over and over again. So, my mentality heading in was, we try to have, like, a little system going on of... John Morgan always asks the first question, and there's a reason for that. Then there's a reason why Oscar was next. Then Jose went in there and asked questions. And then I wanted to... like. I went in there and I was like, I want to focus on Strickland Pajera. And the reason why was I felt like there were unanswered questions from the media day. Like Pajera came in, made a lot of noise about Adesanya. And then Strickland came in, said what he had to say about Pajera, that he could stand with them. He might take him down, all these different things. So like the, the lingering questions were definitely more on that fight than any other fight on the card. And it's just really tough to, have these same guys come in and you have to try to ask them different questions and all that stuff. It's tough. It's tough, but yeah, Sean didn't get a lot. I know Jose asked him a couple questions early. There were a couple other ones, but I think it's just kind of to the point where Sean has done enough to sell this fight. I think it's just kind of put up a shut up time. I think people as a whole, like are very intrigued by this, but they just want to see Sean fight. They just want to see Sean get in there. If he can pass this test, it's gonna get a lot of attention after it. There's no doubt about it. It's gonna get a ton of attention. The press conference will be real interesting if he wins that fight. Love the matchup. Can't wait to see it. It's getting loud in here, Joey T. What's up, Joey T? Are you there? Yes, brother. How
5: you doing? I'm good. Um. So with the fight of O'Malley and uh, Munoz, would, uh, if O'Malley was to lose, how far back do you think that would actually? Downgrade his overall progression because I know O'Malley said that he really doesn't want to take the bigger names until he gets paid. But and to me, I think the overall fight odds O'Malley being that big of a favorite with finally going against his first legit test, I don't agree with that. But at the same time, he is on the win streak, he is on the rise. And Munoz, yes, he's been losing, but he's been fighting you know title contenders or former champions. So, what's your overall opinion on the fight?
3: Sorry, I'll be on mute. It's really loud in here. Uh, great question. I don't. I, I think Sean is sort of a big enough star where a loss will loss will sting a bit. He'll have to deal with some social media backlash and deal with people just giving him a bunch of crap. He got it after the Marlon Vera fight. But what's the answer to life's problem? In combat sports. Going out and winning, so if he loses to Pedro Munoz in some weird way, if Sean goes out wins his next fight, it gets a highlight reel. It's almost like it's forgotten, because look, we saw what happened to the Cheeto verified, but now look, he's three he's three fights almost four fights into this thing since the loss to Cheeto, and now a rematch of Cheeto is way bigger it's just way bigger. It's a big fight. So I think Sean will be all right. It'll definitely be a step back. If we're talking about him climbing the ranks again to a title fight, sure, that slows down that progression a little bit. But in terms of star power and how people view him, it'll be a step back, but winning changes everything, and I feel like that would be the same sort of scenario for for Sean. But very intriguing fight. Pedro's going to bring it to him. Very fascinated by it. I mean, a guy who calls himself the coolest, I got to bring him in. What is up, the coolest? How you doing, sir? Yes, sir.
10: We're taking a quick break, but uh, got a couple things to say. Uh, try to make this short and quick. First off, long, long time listener, first time caller. Uh, I enjoy everything y'all do. Y'all put out a lot of shows. I love it. it. Seems like every time I open my podcast app, y'all have a new show. I love it. Um. Uh, one quick thing, uh or two quick things. Uh with MMA fighters showing interest in boxing and going to wrestling, what do you see uh MMA in about ten years? Do you think the pay would get better so it would you know, allow or keep MMA fighters fighting for, you know, longer or, you know, stay in the MMA or would they keep going to boxing or or wrestling? Uh I just that's, that's just a question I had pondering ever since the uh, homegirl from Bellator switched over to WWE. And then my second question is, uh, Max Holloway, what is wrong with him? <laughs> uh, that press conference, man, he, that's, that's out of character for Max Holloway. Uh, it's not a really I, – I love Max Holloway, but to me, the trash talk is not him. And, and that, that gives me a bad feeling when some somebody who normally doesn't talk trash starts talking trash, That that's not a good sign for me. Anyway, I would like your opinion on both of those. Thank you.
3: Thank you, sir. Um, first question, just, yeah, I mean, listen, it's, this is prize fighting, and the prize fighting is to make the most amount of money doing the least allowed of the least amount of physical damage to yourself and not saying that pro wrestling and boxing doesn't give you physical damage, but it's, it's different and there's way more money in both. Do I think the structure in pay will be good in 10 years? Like we're going to be like, wow, what what, what a difference. It's night and day, yada, yada, yada. It's, I don't know. It's just, I think it'll be better, but it won't be where it needs to be. Do we still see fighters going over to boxing, going over to wrestling? Sure. Because there's more money there. Do I feel like the sport will suffer from it? Probably not. I think it'll be all right. Because like we talked about earlier, there's just going to be these next generations of fighters. They're going to be coming up. They're going to be so incredibly talented. It's not even funny. So I'm not really sure. And then... With Holloway, I I mean, bam, was on fire. Dude was just absolutely on fire. And I don't know if it's a good thing for a bad thing. Is it a good thing for selling the fight? Absolutely. Could it be a bad thing for Holloway? I don't know. The last time he got a little bit fired up and energetic, it was the Calvin Cater performance, and we saw what happened there. He delivered the best performance of his career. So I'm intrigued. I am more intrigued by a fired-up Max Holloway. Let's go to Keyboard Warrior. We're going to take a few more.
5: Hey, Mike, heck of a morning to you. Great um, great, man? Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'll keep it very quick, quick as possible. I wasn't going to call in since my last bungle of hyping up Renan Ferreira so badly on your show. It, it was like three weeks of just like I can't do this. I can't show my face. It, it's total embarrassment. But uh, I just want to say my lock of the week for uh, for, for Saturday. I'm going to go with the parlay this time. We're going to go Volkanovski and O'Malley. It pays just a little over two to one. I'm one and one on picks for this show. I picked Jiri and my first pick and my second one was uh, like i said ferreira so hoping to go two and one and man awesome job with your second best friend uh the other day john annick you guys have great energy i tell you man i see you doing something with that guy in the future but uh have a great free for all friday and please keep up the good work much love from ontario canada on this weekend man i just want to wake up and have it be 276 i'm literally like the energy's running through my body it's disgusting I can't even handle it, man. Have a good weekend and uh, cheers!
3: Cheers to you as well. Good picks. I think that's uh, it's not a bad parlay right there, especially if it's paying, paying out nearly two to one. It's not a bad parlay. I I'm picking Volkanovski and I'm picking O'Malley myself. So let's go to Stephen Ramirez. What's up, Steve? Hello. Steven, are you there? Oh, wait a minute. Hey, how you doing?
5: So I just... We got you. What's up, This buddy? is completely random. I mean, a lot of people aren't really speaking on it. This is regards to the press conference where you had the stare down between Kananier and Izzy and the handshake. That was a hell of a handshake. just wanted to see if he thought anything of it.
3: I love that. I thought it was some good energy. You don't see that too often. Normally the face offs are they just sort of blend together, but I like that one. That's that's how I would do it. That's how I would do it. I'd be like, hey, and try to squeeze the hand a little harder and just hold on to it as much as possible. Poor Sean Shelby's trying to separate the hands and he can't do it. So yeah. I liked it. It was a nice little wrinkle to the whole thing. We haven't heard from you, Motivated Andy, in quite some time. How are you? On mute, Motivated Andy. Morning. Are you there? Yes, the we got you. How are you? My speaker. All right. So um, I know we're talking about UFC 276.
6: I just want to express my heartbreak at hearing the whole time last week that Shafkat Rokmanov was learning English and
5: Secretly, I was praying. I was hoping my little MMA heart was the only two words he needs to know are Hamzat Shemaev. Was I the only one that was as heartbroken and just deflated after he says Stephen Thompson as the call out? After the weird dap up, he calls out Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. One win in like his last five outings. What is going on here? I hope he gets wrecked by emomov
6: now.
3: Wow. That uh, hey, listen. I think he was trying to be. I think trying to call... again. Shabak's a prize fighter. He's trying to fight the biggest name with that probably presents the least amount of risk. And while Wonder Boys is, is a good fighter, and he does present some risks, Roguano could just. Probably take him down and smush him. And that's a good name. It's a name people know and people care about. He's also probably well aware he ain't getting the Shemaya fight. It's just not happening. Will he get it at some point? Sure. Will he start to maybe plant seeds down the road? Sure. But is that a fight he's going to get next? No. No. Now, because this is, like, I don't, like, Wonderboy's not going to be all excited to fight Shafkot. No doubt about it. But from where he is right now, where he's trying to go, Progression-wise, that fight makes total sense. Not my first choice, but rankings-wise, Barrett talks to you guys, makes perfect sense. Law Muhammad not calling for Hamza at the time was a whole different can of worms. That should have been his call-out the last two fights. He didn't do that. Maybe he somehow still gets the Shabaya fight. Maybe he doesn't. But if he had taken that time after the fights when he had live mics in his face to call for Shabayev, he probably either has had that fight already or it's on the books. I'm telling you, it's so important to make those seconds count when you're doing those post-fight interviews, especially after winning a main event. It is so important. Let's get Sav. we got a lot of like newbies and returning people that we haven't heard from in a while. Sav, how are you? What's going on,
8: Mike? How are you?
9: Good. All right, so my question for the weekend is if Max Holloway finishes Alexander Volkanovski inside of three rounds as he's been predicting quietly all week, but I think that's what he's getting at, do we see an immediate rematch? Because if Holloway finishes him, I I think we move on to Emmett, and Volkanovski has to earn the wins like Max did. Go beat a cater and a year and then do it again.
3: Thanks, buddy. Uh I would say it's gonna be an immediate rematch. That would be that'd be pretty unfair to Volkanovski, if we're being honest. He wins the first fight. It was pretty and I don't understand this narrative that the first fight was close because it wasn't. I thought Volkanovsky clearly won four rounds. There was no controversy whatsoever in that first fight. Volkanovski gives Holloway an immediate rematch. Volkanovski wins the second fight. It's closer. I still think Volkanovski won the second fight. I've watched it a million times. I still scored it for Volkanovski every single time. Much closer fight, sure. Holloway goes out, gets his two wins, gets a third shot. Now, this doesn't happen all that often. And if Holloway goes out there and beats Volkanovski and he doesn't get an immediate rematch, that'd be some tomfoolery. That'd be a little bit tomfoolery, my man. But I understand why people are like, we've already seen this three times. Let's get some new blood in there. But for the UFC, from a business perspective, what's going to do better if they do Volkanovski Holloway four after a win? Would Holloway win, with Holloway having momentum, or Holloway Josh Emmett? It's the fourth fight by a long shot. It's not even close. Not even close. So I think it'll be a re- an immediate rematch for sure. Let's try uh, Mac Ten. Mac Ten. Good morning. Make sure you unmute. Oh, snap. Wait a minute. I got you. Okay, I have
6: a question.
5: So, hey, good morning, by the way. Um, Thank you.
3: Oh. I try to hop in again because I completely lost you there. Let's get in, John Ray. John, how are you? Good. Like aka, it
9: is actually my birthday today, but I will wish hey. I will wish AKA a happy Canada Day. And uh, so my first question is: why is there all these bald Bostonians in MMA? You, Dana, John Anik, Joe Rogan, it's crazy. But my real question is for the flyweight division. Uh, the men's flyweight division. We got DJ and Andreano Moraes fighting in August. The winner of that, and for me, will be the number one flyweight in the world due to the way the men's flyweight championship is in the UFC. I just want to know what
7: your thinking is on that. Thank you.
3: Flyweight is fun. Will it be the best flyweight in the world? Not really sure. I think Davis and Figueroa would definitely have something to say about that, but I think this is the best direction. And I don't know why. I don't get why Davis and Villaredo has such a problem with this. I don't get it. Because what, what's going to happen? What is going to come from this? You know what's going to come from this? A bigger fight for him. More money for him. I don't understand why he has such a problem with this whole thing. But it's a great fight. First fight was great. Kai Carfraat set up. Is on a run right now. Moreno is just super fun. Either way, it's going to be a big fight. Maybe. Unless Figueredo's going to keep playing this game of, I'm only staying at Flyweight if you pay me more money. Otherwise, I go to Bantamweight. Yeah. Dana White will drive him to the Bantamweight airport. All right. I'll get Blake in here, and then I'm going to randomly choose two people. Blake, what's up? Blake? All uh, right, nothing from Blake. How about, uh, okay, Andrew, you get the eeny-meeny spot. Andrew, are you there? Yes, I am, sir. Hello.
5: Good. Hey, what's hey, up, buddy? buddy? I don't really have a question. I just wanted to say I'm waiting in line, uh, ready to get into fight week. I'm ready to meet you amongst all the other fighters. I'm super pumped for this fight week. And uh, I'm happy for you, man. You got some questions in with Sean Strickland. You got them all riled up, and I love it. You're excellent at what you do. I watch your stuff every week. Great job. I can't wait
10: to meet you, my man.
3: Thank you, Andrew. I'm excited to, to meet everybody as well. So you'll see a big sign says Radio Row. I'm stationed right in front of where UFC Fight Pass is. So basically my background, when I'm doing the interviews, will be over my right shoulder will be the UFC Fight Pass desk. So, yeah, come over, say hello. Love to meet you. Let's try Blake, and then I'm eeny meeting one more time, and then I got to get out of here. Blake, hello. Hey, Mike, how's it going?
9: Good. So um, one question would be, um, do you think Andre Muniz would beat Alex Pereira if they fought in their next fight? And second question would be, I know Ariel had Tim Kennedy on his show a couple weeks ago. And I've never really heard about his story and everything, and it was incredible, all the crazy things he's done. So in the spirit of Free For All Friday, what's a crazy Tim Kennedy-themed Mike
3: Heck story that you haven't told the audience? Thanks. Oh, my gosh. First of all, none of my stories would ever compare to any of Tim Kennedy's stories. So let's just throw that out there. Um, God, I got to think about that. As but like I've lived a pretty lived a pretty boring life, people. Pretty boring life. You know, have there been some days that have been a little crazier than others? Sure. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna since it is Vegas, I'll tell a quick story. It's not like crazy at all. It's definitely not a Tim Kennedy story, but I, I told the story of Jose. He was kinda like blown away by it. So Jose asked if I gambled at all. I said, not really, but if I do sit down and, and gamble, I'm either going to play blackjack or I'm going to play Texas Hold'em. I'm going to play some sort of limit or no limit for Texas Hold'em because those are the two games. While luck is certainly involved, I feel like you have a little bit more control over things. You can play odds and numbers and statistics and things like that. So po- playing poker at casino is pretty boring because you have to, unless you're just drunk and have all the money in the world, you have to play tight. You have to sit back and wait for things to happen. You can't just play every hand. But I went to Atlantic City one time with some buddies I went to high school with. And the whole ride drive down from Massachusetts to New Jersey, I kept saying that, Yeah, I I I played blackjack. Here's how odds work. Here's what you need to do. This and I could literally sense my friends like rolling their eyes, thinking like this dude doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just he's gonna go play blackjack and lose his shirt. Which I allow myself to do i started that trip for gambling i was like i'm gonna spend 75 bucks that's it i'm gonna bet 75 bucks if i lose it i'm done we went to one casino in 30 minutes i turned 75 bucks into like 700 that's a good start to the night so then we go to a bally's casino and i start with 100 and i played blackjack with my buddy who was so drunk he was almost passing out my buddy who's never played blackjack because you can talk to the table and say, you do this, you do this, you do this. Without being coherent at all, he won, like, $1,400. I walked out of Bally's that night with, like, weeks of free rooms, sweet upgrades, free breakfast, gift cards, and $5,700 in my pocket. That was a good night. That was a run and a half. Full steam ahead. Do I recommend you play blackjack for 14 hours straight? probably not however that was a good night i was on a heater and valley's treated me like i was a king and i've never been back even though i had a bunch of free stuff all right last one i don't know who i'm picking the winner is randall freeman if you've been waiting for a while i'm sorry there's just been i'm a little overwhelmed by all the callers and all the people waiting but i gotta go we got the weigh-in show about to kick off over the youtube channel randall go Randall, you're muted. Hey, I don't know why. We're down in South Carolina. That was Meyer. Uh, just just rehab for heart down there. That's why I was listening, dude. <laughs> but how are you? Oh doing? yeah, yeah. I'm good. Keep going. What's up? Oh, nothing. I'm just listening. I didn't mean to hit it, dude, I'm doing the uh, okay. <laughs> dust mopping everything. So ah, all right. Yeah. Cool. South Carolina. South Carolina. Stand up. All right, here we go. Eeny, meeny, miny, Joe. Eeny, meeny, miny, Joe. That was an accident altogether.
10: Joe, what's up? Where is Mike at?
3: I'm here. I'm in the X, bro. So am I. Are we able to meet you today? Yeah. Come say hello. Radio Row.
9: Radio Row. I'll find it. I'm in here now.
3: All right. right. Joe, I will see you soon, my man. See you soon, Mike. All right, all right, and see all of you soon. I got to get out of here. We're about to kick off the festivities here. Jose Youngs is across the city. He is at the UFC Apex morning weigh-ins about to kick off. You can watch it all unfold on the MMA Fighting YouTube channel, and I will be here all day long. So come say hello again. Radio Row, right in front. Of, I'm actually right in front of the UFC Fight Pass desk. So come say hello. I'm wearing a uh, a red and blue short sleeve. Collared button-down shirt. I look like a couple Billy up in here. Yeah, you know, the guns are uh, the, the guns are out, but I mean muscles, not like actual weaponry. But I gotta get out of here. Peace out, everybody. Have a wonderful day, and have a heck of a morning. Next two days are gonna be fun, everybody. We appreciate you jumping on again. If I couldn't get to you, I apologize. But you are all the best. Love doing this show, and we'll do it again on Tuesday.
1: bet based on amount of initial losing bet bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co slash bball for eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources
2: support for this podcast came from SAS. data is everything and now everything is data which means more to process more to analyze and now more than ever speed to answers matters